Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. Um, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. This dummy, yours truly, set it up real quick. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which, hello, talk about easy. You don't have to be some professional computer person, which is dope. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I'm Josie. And I'm Spencer. And today we are joined by the super dope Alfred Tavar. Welcome to the podcast, former youth pastor and newly progressive Christian. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to be real. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the dark side of progressive <laughs> Christianity. You came you came to the perfect place to be real, so we're ready to be real with you. Yeah. Um, so, Freddie, we always ask our guests, uh, Alfred, sorry. I know uh, Alfred from growing up, and we used to call him Freddie, but he's a professional now, so it's Alfred. Um, <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your life story leading up to this point. Okay, so... Um, I grew up, I, I was born to super cool parents. My parents are like super laid back, super chill. They've always been that way. They've never been any other way. But I had um, an uncle who was a pastor and an aunt who was um, Christian. She was the first one in our family to become Christian. And they would always talk about the importance of going to church. So even though uh, my parents baptized me Catholic, um, the only church I ever knew was the Christian church. So I would go to church, you know, every Sunday, every Friday and um, Wednesday's Bible study. And that was just how I grew up. I grew up in a very conservative environment mm. because I was always with my uncle and, and my aunt. Now, these, these are my mom's brother and her sister. I would always be with them and with their, with their families, right? Their spouses, their kids, with you know my cousins. I was always growing up around them. Now, I'm a twin, and my twin brother wasn't a fan of church since, like, forever he's he's just never been a fan he's never liked it and he's always like tried to stay away from it so I grew up closer to my Christian cousins than my twin brother did um we're like polar opposites by the way (laughs) so um I would go to church and I was fascinated by it I mean I believed everything that they would teach in church It, it was the only thing that I knew I didn't know anything else and then at church they taught me to ignore everything else so anytime somebody would come and try to talk to me about what they believed in you know my reaction was to honestly just like they wouldn't tell you to do it this way but what I would do is I would judge them right I would be like oh they're wrong they're dumb they don't know what they're talking about Mm 
And I would just kind of close my mind off to it. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to think about it. I was Christian. Um, when I was like 13 years old, I decided that I was ready to be baptized. My uncle decided that I was not ready. My aunt decided that I was not ready. So I did not get baptized. Um, when I was 14, again, I decided I wanted to be baptized. My uncle again said, you're not ready. My aunt said, you're definitely not ready. And my mom was like, you want to get baptized, get baptized. Like my parents were always like, just very supportive of any decision that I made. Even if they thought it was dumb, they would still support me and just talk about me later when I left. <laughs> um, but um, when I was 15 years old, um, someone else in church saw the leader in me. So I became um, a youth teacher, right? I started with the first and second graders and I was teaching every Sunday. I taught, so I would go to church at 8.30. I would, you know, sit inside, listen to the word. And then for the 10.30 service, I would teach. So I started teaching and I loved it. And, you know, everything started to really change. I started to mature more in my relationship with God. Um, I became even more conservative, even more, you know, religious, really. That's what it was. I was just like religious. And so I went and I sat with my uncle and I didn't ask for permission. I kind of just said, hey, I'm going to get baptized. So either I'm going to do it here or I'm going to go to a church where they're willing to accept that I want to get baptized. So then um, he said, okay, like we're going to do the classes. So I did the classes. Um, my aunt still told me, you're not ready to be baptized. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't care. Like, I want to give my life to Christ. So on June 1st, 2012, I was 15 years old. Um, I got baptized. And then my mom decided that she wanted to get baptized too. So we both got baptized the same day. And it turns out that the person baptizing people that day was my uncle. So my uncle baptized both of us in front of the church. Um, from there, I mean, I, I just became super, super, super religious like that's just that's just the simple way to put it it was just my life was 100% about god it was about nothing else it was just about church and i started teaching um third and fourth grade and then fifth and sixth grade and then at one point there were no other teachers cuz nobody wanted to teach so then i taught first through, through sixth grade like all the classes together in one and and then something happened where my uncle decided that he was going to go open a church of his own. So he left the church that we would go to. And so when he left, you know, things started to change. People were acting a little bit different around me because my uncle left. And, and so I was like, I kind of started to not feel comfortable. So I started just looking online to see like what other pastors I like, so I can go maybe visit their church and one day I was on YouTube and I found this video and it was this guy talking about quantum thinking and it turns out he was a pastor, but he was speaking in a way that was completely different than how my pastor would talk. My pastor was very, you know, biblical. It was very like the Bible says this, this, and this, and this is what you have to believe. And this guy was like, you need to expand your way of thinking. And he was a, a lot more and I mean, in the old church, they would call it liberal, but he was still very much conservative, but they would say that it's a very liberal way to teach because he's talking about, you know, the power of your thoughts, the power of, of the words that you say, your declarations. He's talking a lot about, you know, manifestation. He talks about, 
you know, paradigm shifts. And I was like, what is this? And so I told my aunt that I heard this guy talk and that I wanted to maybe go visit his church. And right away, she shut the idea down. She said, no, you need to go to a church but where it's like strictly biblical. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to go to the church. Like my aunt had moved churches too. So she told me to go to her church. But you know, they were like the the, the girls wore the dresses down to the ankles and the, the veils. And um, I respect it. I love, I love when people are so into God, but that stuff scares me. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just scares me. I was not down the women's side on one side and the boys sat on another side. I was like, Oh <laughs> no, thanks. So um, I, I disregarded my aunt's warning and I went to this man's church at this point, I was 18 years old, okay? So I went and I sat at his church once. They welcomed me like they're like no other no other church would ever welcome me that way. They welcomed me so nice. Like it was everybody was so loving, everybody was so caring, and then everybody looked really good, happy, healthy. Every marriage, you know, I guess you're growing up in church, you learn things about people. And then because of what the Bible says, you kind of form judgments against them, right? Like, oh, I can't believe they made this mistake and they're showing themselves at church. And at this church, I felt like everybody knew each other and they're like, everybody's like a family here. We've all known each other for 15, 20 years. And I was like, and dang, and they still get along. They know each other's secrets and they still get along. Like, this is the church I want to be at. So um, I went back to the old church. I told them, hey, I'm not coming here anymore. Find another teacher. <laughs> and uh-huh. the, next week, the next week, I was back at this church. Um, that same week, the second week at the new church, they said, hey, we want to do a Christmas play, but nobody wants to write it, so we have to cancel. And I was like, I'll write it. They're like, what are you going to write about? I was like, I don't know. It'll come to me, but I'll write it. Like, do we have actors? Do we have this? Do we have that? They were like, yeah. So in a week, I wrote this play. It was called The Path I Walk. And in like five weeks, six weeks, we put a really good show, two good shows together with that play. And that's how I got into like the the church there. Eventually I became um, the youth leader, no, like the youth, the old youth leader stepped down and nobody wanted to accept the challenge of youth pastorship. And I was like, I'll do it. So I became the youth leader there and I taught there for three years. So when I was there, my life began to transform because this pastor wouldn't preach, you know, the old school way. He wouldn't, you know, talk about prophets and just like the old school stuff. He, he was very much into like the New Testament, right? Very modern, a very modern way of preaching. He talked about like how we hold a lot of power over our lives because God blessed us with that power over our lives. And so I was 18 when I started. Now I'm 20 years old, right? Two years later, I, I got into a new career, which is real estate, right? I'm, I work in the mortgage industry. I do home loans and I started buying real estate. So I started to not only, you know, flourish in with like my self-esteem because I was struggling with self-esteem before because I felt like I was never good enough for God because of how I was taught at my old church. I felt like I would never be good enough that I was always going to be trying, 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 but I, I still had to do more. And now I felt like I'm perfectly made because God created me in his image. So now I had a whole different way of interpreting the Bible. And so 
I started to understand the power of my thoughts, the power of the things that I say, the power of, you know, loving my neighbor. I started to understand those things more. And my aunt, every time she could, would try to like condemn me in a way and tell me you're making a huge mistake. You know, God's never going to forgive you for this because you're, you're not fulfilling your purpose because in her eyes I needed to be a pastor at one of those old school churches Mm -hmm. and I was like I will never be a pastor at one of those old school churches I will never I I will do this before I ever do that and then everything was going great right I started I I switched careers because I had a new self-esteem where I felt confident enough to make a career change Um, I started to prosper financially I found I met the I I got with the love of my life I had known her for years but I I got with the love of my life I got engaged I got married right we we built a real estate portfolio together we own a bunch of apartments where everything is going good and then the election happens and then the whole the whole thing at church kind of just changes from god and your power and wisdom and to you need to vote conservative kind of in a way yeah like oh my god (laughs) like like that just doesn't work for me so it it was always talking about the attack on your rights and the attack and i was like i don't come to church to hear about politics i come to church to learn more about god now 2020 hits the pandemic happens and obviously things get a little more political i understand it completely i understand when when people want to defend their views and i respect it and i love everybody like regardless of who who they vote for but there's only so much that you can take before you decide it's enough so in 2020 i decided i was gonna because i wasn't going to church because we were in quarantine but um i decided to turn off you know, the live stream and not watch any pastors and just connect one-on-one with God. And so in connecting one-on-one with God, I learned so much more about myself because really you're, you're turning into yourself, right? You're, you're looking inside of yourself for answers when it's just you your bible and god god really shows you who you are and i started to see that even though i thought my life was perfect because i had everything i ever dreamed of it wasn't it wasn't i was still a mess i still had a lot of things that i needed to improve on i had a lot of anger i had a lot of a lot of things that were just hindering me from truly maximizing my potential, my God-given potential, because I believe there's only one God in Jesus Christ, right? There's only there's only one. So for me, it's like I was ignoring everything that he wanted me to be because I was so focused on being this fake thing that the church wanted me to be. So that's when I started to realize, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm not done. Maybe I need to to go in this completely different direction and really do the work that I've been putting off. So I started to meditate because 
in this time, obviously in 2020, a lot of people, you know, were getting anxious because you're locked at home. You're, you can't do certain things. You can't do this. You can't do that. Then you start hearing of people getting sick. And then unfortunately you start hearing of people dying of, of COVID and then people dying of suicide, people dying of overdoses. People like, like for me, 2020 was a heavy year. It was phone call after phone call. This person passed away. This person passed away. This per So it was like just weighing down on me. So I started to get really anxious. And then having a stressful job, I had a super stressful job last year. So I sat down and I said, God, I'm going to surrender to you. And by surrendering to God, now I understand that I'm really surrendering to myself. And I started to meditate and I meditated every day for at least 30 minutes a day. And I would just, I would read the Bible. I would play my meditation music and when I would be done reading, I'd close my eyes and I would just think about everything that I read. And then I would look at myself and say, what can you do to improve? What can you do to be at peace? Because so many people, yeah, you can have money. You can have, you know, a beautiful wife. You can have a nice car. You can have a nice house. But what does that mean if you feel like crap? What does it mean? Nothing. It meant nothing. I had everything. I had everything, but I had nothing because I wasn't at peace. I hated, I hated who I was on the inside. So in meditating, I learned exactly what it is that I want to do in me. I want to help people heal. I don't want to, I don't want to be a super wealthy guy. That's only going to take me so far. I want to help people heal, starting with myself. If I can help myself heal, I feel like I can help anyone heal. Because me, I'm, I, by nature, I have like a very negative mind sometimes, and it just takes me there. Even if I don't want to, it just goes there. So by learning how to get myself out of there, I feel like I could help some anybody else do the same thing. So through meditating, I became a lot more compassionate, a lot more understanding, a lot more patient, and I still have a long way to go. I have a long way to go. And then I also became um, more calm, just in general, just very calm. And I can sleep the whole night. And I don't have stomach issues anymore because I'm not anxious. So that made me come to the conclusion that being, you know, as we describe as a progressive Christian is the better way to go, Right. Instead of judging people when someone come, people have always come to me with their problems, right? Hey, Freddie, like I'm going through this. What do you think I should do? And before my answer was kind of like make them feel dumb so that they could want to go to church. And now my answer is have them accept their mistakes and move forward. And I do that by understanding them, by being compassionate and, you know, really just helping them understand that everything needed to happen exactly the way it happened so that they could become who God wants them to become. So I feel much more peace now. Um, I don't think I'm going to be going to a church anytime soon. And if I do, it has to be a church that has the same philosophy as me. And um, I feel that I've made the best choice for myself because I mean, everything is really good now. I'm I'm making like like um, I'm I'm making better choices now for me, for my family, for my business. You know, every everything is just going a lot more smoothly. There's no hiccups anymore. There's no 
it, there's there's no conflict. It just flows. It just flows. That's pretty much it. That's how I that's how I started and got to where I am today. Wow. Well, if y'all aren't inspired after that, I don't know what's gonna fucking inspire you. <laughs> I um, it's funny because um, Alfred and I grew up together. We went to the same church growing up for a while. Um, I know all of these relatives that he's talking about. <laughs> so it's funny that you know both of us grew up, and I had my conservative face. I'm not gonna lie high school was a weird time um but then we all like the both of us just graduated into this empathy that was like oh yeah maybe maybe conservatism isn't for us and where we're at with our inner peace anymore yeah. um so alfred i'm curious was there like a catalyst to that was there like a one moment where you realize like whoa yeah this is really i i really don't align with conservative beliefs at okay. all okay yes i actually have it recorded on my phone because <laughs> i literally i heard this man say this and i literally got up you know me i could be a little dramatic sometimes i got up <laughs> and i i stomped my way out of there i wanted people to hear that i was leaving because that it was just terrible so he he had really good intentions i understand exactly what he meant and he didn't mean it in a bad way but just the way he said it mm-hmm. was just super like uh, it was a, it was just a trump supporter move dude like that's just like, the easy way to describe it he said he said and i quote i'm sit, like imagine this okay this is this is how he painted the picture you're sitting in your car and and his idea was instead of instead of listening to like whatever music, the empty words, listen to a sermon, right? Or listen to something positive that's going to help your mind. Mm -hmm. But what he said, what he actually said was, hmm, I'm sitting in my car. Instead of listening to jungle music, why don't I listen to the word? And I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Like I just got up and I just walked out. I was just like, no, no, like you can't. You can't say this. And then I looked around in the church and I was like, oh my gosh, there's not a single African-American in this church. And this is why, because people like this are up there talking Mm -hmm. this way. And I was just like, no. And that was in February of 2020. And I have not come back since. Yeah. Um, People like that are the reason why I have a podcast. Isn't that right, Spencer? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what he said. This is a person, by the way, that I looked up to like nobody's business. Like, no, I looked up to him with like, I was like, I want to be like him. I do. And then when he said that, I started to, I went back and I listened to more of his teachings and I started to to hear like, he's been preaching this way for a long time. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I'd rather be, you know, liberal and people judge me for being liberal. I'd rather, I'd rather be that because, because I, I'm compassionate. I'm compassionate. I'm not going to tell someone what they have to listen to, what they have, how they have to dress. How, how is a Christian supposed to dress? First of all, why, why can't we start there? Why do, why does, why do you have to dress a certain way to be classified as Christian? Why do you have to have a certain career to be classified as Christian? Like you to be Christian, you have to just 
proclaim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I do that. I do that, and and it's like whatever. Like I understand people why why they think the way they think because I used to think that way, but I don't want to be that ever again. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I look back at um, some of my conservative moments, like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But I remember sitting in the kitchen with my dad, telling him why um, people should just cross the border legally, and I, and I just want to cry because <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> and like all those conservative moments, and then going to college and meeting friends that are just like. Josie, do you not believe like having a feminist moment where like, Josie, do you just not believe that women are men's equals like you? And it's like, of course I do. The feminists are just crazy. And then them like talking me down from this conservative mindset and then being like, Oh wait, I am exactly a feminist. I've been a feminist yeah. this whole time. I just yeah. was scared of the label because I've always been told that Christians can't be feminists. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. Like they really do kind of put women down when they identify as feminists because truly a lot of Christians don't understand what it means and they don't care to understand because their pastor spoke out against it once and that's just what they're going to believe because the pastor said to believe that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it sucks but it's it's the reality but me all all i know is like i i don't want to go backwards Mm -hmm. i don't want to go backwards so i don't like me i i like i said i respect everyone that believes whatever they believe i do but when i have a problem is when they try to force me to think like them and i think in 2020 we all had it happen at least once mm-hmm. where someone came and tried to force us to think that way now but it goes both ways because i've had like super super liberal people because i don't consider myself to be like super 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 liberal and i've had some people come to me and you know try to convince me to think like them and i'm like listen i respect you and i love you the way you are but you have to respect me and you have to love me the way i am or we can't be friends because i'm not going to think that way mm-hmm. so i've had it i've had it go both ways but I've had more Christians come up to me and try to convince me to think super old school, like, like them. Like, I feel like if it were up to them, you know, there would be horses and carriages in the street. It would oh, be, yeah. it would be Bridgerton in real life. <laughs> Bridgerton. Wait a minute. That's what it would that, be. Might, that might not be so bad. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't want to ask nobody's permission again. No, listen, if you've never seen Bridgerton, you just you gotta watch it to understand. I did watch it. It's very sexy in the context of marriage, but I want sexy outside the context of marriage. (laughs) (laughs) When you think of it though, it was very tame. Um anyways, I love Bridgerton. If you haven't watched it, you should totally watch it. (laughs) Feminist recommended, don't worry. (laughs) Um Oh my gosh. Yeah, Spencer and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time and how and i mean that's the whole point of the podcast is progress is so scary to some people but to some of us we just gotta keep on trucking along fighting for progress because otherwise we would have been stuck with horses and carriages (laughs) well and i i think it's funny how certain things that um you know, certain things Christians are afraid of, like they think is progressive are actually not that progressive. So like, like when you're talking about meditation, like reading the word and meditating, um, have you ever heard of, uh, Lectio Divina? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like Lectio Divina, for those that don't know what it is, it's basically like you read the scripture passage and you kind of take the face value of like, what do I get from this from reading it? And then you exactly what you said, Alfred, you meditate on the passage. You're like, what does this mean for me personally? Like, what is God trying yeah. to tell me? And then like you basically like quiet yourself and listen, like try to listen. What are you hearing from God? Like, what does God want you to do with this? And then you enter this contemplation where you almost have like a conversation with God. Exactly what you said of like, what can I do? Like, what does this passage tell me about what I can do in my own life to improve or to change something or maybe see something differently. And then you're supposed to take it into action and be like, what can my life be like how can my life be a gift a service to others and that's a spiritual practice that's been around in the church for centuries um but for some reason i think when christians hear meditation they think of like um very like like i don't know sort of like um buddhism or hinduism where it's yeah it's like because they think it's not of jesus like they associate meditation not being about jesus or the word like or you know getting into these like really like spiritual things they're kind of uncomfortable by it when again i'm just like okay but it's deeply rooted in this in the christian tradition to meditate very like like think about like monks at like monasteries like Mm -hmm. that that like they've been doing like Christian monasteries, Christian monks, Christian nuns, like, you know, like the mother, like the desert mothers of like the original, like church, like the desert fathers of the original church. Like they've been meditating on scripture for literally centuries, but for some reason, Christians are uncomfortable when you throw out the word meditate. No, they really do. Another example. Oh my gosh, Josephine, you're going to laugh. I was talking to one of my cousins. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say name, but one of my cousins, about yoga mm-hmm. okay? and she just right away was like um it, you know like i won't go to yoga unless it's like a christian person because i don't want to be caught you know by god doing yoga not christian and yoga and i was like <laughs> is that me? yoga is yoga bro like you just stretch your freaking muscles relax dude like, dude my parents like, said the same thing though they're like you can't go to yoga because you're opening your mind up and um no. the demons are gonna come in and i was like oh i don't God. think so <laughs> anyway she said, she said this and i was just like like excuse my mouth i can't fuck with this no more like i gotta like get rid of this so i kind of just like whatever i just never brought it up again and me i've done yoga a couple of times and it's really good for like a tense person like i was Mm -hmm. i had a stressful job it was just about relaxing my body it wasn't about anything else i was not worshiping anyone i was worshiping you know my well really what i was doing is worshiping god because i'm trying to the the temple Mm -hmm. that he blessed me with which is this body right so i go i go and i do yoga and i meditate and when i tell people that i meditate a lot of people react that way that's mentioned where they're like why why so many people from the churches that I used to go to, like I was a youth, I was a youth pastor and kids looked up to me. So many parents told their kids, Oh, Freddie's spiritual now. Don't talk to Freddie anymore. And it's just like, dude, because I'm spiritual now, because I do consider myself to be spiritual and I'm not going to hide it because I'm spiritual. Now I'm more compassionate. I'm more Christian than I was before. Mm-hmm. So, but people, people don't understand that. And it's okay. I cannot judge them because of, because of the, 
them not being willing to open their minds, all I can do is continue praying for them, continue being a light in this world, and eventually their minds are going to open on their own because God's still doing him. God's still doing the work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I started meditating and maybe like, 10, 15 people that knew me, like they were moving from social media because I share my stuff like on, on my social media. Um, I, I share if I see something that's like spiritual and it's about expanding your mind and it's about calming the mind and accepting things. Um, I share it. I share it on my story. I share it on, on like my profile, whatever, Facebook, everywhere. I, I share it. And, you know, some people message me and they say, you know what? I didn't think that way. Thank you for sharing this. I like this. Or I needed to see this. And some people say, like, you know, it's a shame that you're not Christian anymore. And mm -hmm. me, I, I respond to everybody the same way. And I just say, thank you for your feedback. Um, I hope that eventually this helps you. You know, like, I, yeah. like I, I can't force it upon anybody, but nobody can force their convictions upon me anymore. I'm not, I'm not as weak as I was before or where anything that someone said was going to stick in my mind because I just wanted to be accepted somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm not weak anymore. I don't need to be accepted by anyone but God to feel good about myself, right? So I, like, I, I don't care. And so... I found that more people benefited, by the way, because before I used to share nothing but Bible verses and whatever, like, you know, my little devotionals. I used to share that on Facebook and on Instagram. But I find that more people have benefited from the spiritual posts because I do have followers that are not Christian, that, you know, some of them are Muslim. Some of them are Jewish. Some of them are Hindu, right? Mm -hmm. And my spiritual posts are very general. It doesn't say what God. It just says a God. It, doesn't, it says the universe, which the universe, God, it's all the same thing. And so for them, it means their God. For me, it means my God. Everybody wins. Everybody benefits. So a lot more people find my posts now helpful and because i'm making an impact on more people this way i feel that it's better and so what i decided to do because as i mentioned earlier my goal is to help people heal and th i feel like there is no right or wrong way for someone to heal because um it's, it's really up to you and God, right? If you want to heal and you're like the Bible tells us if we're believing for something and we can find the promise in God's word, we can have it, right? As long as we believe and we're obedient to God's word. That's what the Bible says, right? So if we, um, we want something, we can have it, right? So it's kind of talking about like in the sense, the law of attraction as so many people know it. Right. And I mentioned this to my old pastor and he was like, you're right. And I was like, perfect. And then I mentioned it to another pastor that I knew. And he's like, oh, no, the law of attraction, that's that's devil stuff. And I'm like, it's biblical. What are you talking about? It's the same thing. It's just they call it that because they don't want it to sound biblical because not everybody believes what the like not everybody wants to believe in the Bible. Right. But I feel like any if it's anything good in the world, it came at some point. It's in the Bible somewhere. You just have to look for it. And maybe it's written a little bit differently. That's just what I believe. So I decided that I wanted to help people heal. And I wanted to do it in a way that was um, neutral to their religion or to their, their spiritual beliefs. I wanted it just to be a general thing. So 
I decided to to form a nonprofit, and it's all about you know calming the mind because I find that so many of the problems that teenagers, even adults face, is they don't know how to calm their mind. I didn't know how to calm my mind because I didn't understand that I held 100% of the power over my mind. I always prayed incorrectly, in my opinion. I always prayed incorrectly because I would always say, God, I don't want to be anxious. Please stop me from being anxious. And now I understand that I'm the one making myself anxious. So I say, God, thank you because you blessed me with the power of self-control so that I can calm myself down. You get me? So now mm-hmm. I want to help more people understand the power that they have over their lives. And I want them to live abundant lives. And by abundant, I don't mean financial abundance. That, that can go in the garbage. I mean an abundance mm-hmm. of peace, an abundance of peace, an abundance of love, an abundance of happiness, an abundance of compassion, because that's one of the things this world really lacks is compassion, empathy. Those are the things that matter to me right now at this point in my life so i want to help people do that so i created a nonprofit called realm of abundance inc realm of abundance is the the nonprofit is already formed i'm just waiting for the 501c3 status to be approved by the irs so that we can start doing fundraisers and start putting events together where we have people like me go up there and talk about their struggles with anxiety, their struggles with depression, because so many men especially are so embarrassed to talk about those things because of the way that they were brought up, their cultural norms. You can't mm-hmm. talk about your feelings. You can't show emotion. That, that can go in the garbage too, in my opinion. I'm not afraid to go up and talk about my battle with addictions, my battle with anxiety, and talk about the things that help me calm myself down. So I formed this nonprofit with the intentions of teaching people how to quiet their minds, how to live abundantly, and how to honor God through the way they walk through life and not through sitting in a church on Sundays, giving their tithes and offerings, and then going home and doing whatever the hell they were doing. You get me? I want you to, I want people to actually, Romans 12, 2 is my favorite Bible verse and it will forever be my favorite Bible verse. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So many people go to church. I went to church. I'm 24 years old. I went to church for 23 years and yeah, I did good. I was a good Christian. I was a good servant of God, but I was never transformed until 2020. I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind is new. I am a new creation in Christ today. And I want to teach more people how to do that, how to guard their peace, how to love their neighbor regardless of the neighbor's flaws, how to be compassionate, how to, you know, just be empathetic beings, the the empathetic beings that God created us to be, and how to just make the world a more calm place because we've really made it all about living a fast paced life. And God didn't want that. God wanted us to be at peace. Mm -hmm. So that's what my nonprofit is for. That's my new life mission. I still work in the mortgage industry. Yes. But I'm going to start calling the mortgage thing, my part-time thing because my full-time thing is going to be that realm of abundance, teaching people, just how to truly transform their mind mm-hmm. oh my gosh i feel like we just got a whole little little free lesson from this <laughs> wow and i i think you just like highlighted so many important things of 
Uh, I especially liked what you had to say about, um, like when you're talking about yoga or just other things that are seen as like very spiritual and like people associate them like with worldly things, like Christians associate them with like worldly things. And kind of just what you said, like I went to a yoga class with my friend one time and it was outside and yeah, like the yoga instructor is like, Oh, like we're going to like think the sun and like, we're going to like feel like the, the rays of the sun, like in our body. But like, while I was doing that, I was contemplating of like, yeah, Jesus, thanks for the sun. Like it feels exactly. good outside. Exactly. And when I'm like, they're talking about like lining up your chakras and like feeling the energy. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling the Holy spirit, like renew me every day. (laughs) Like you, and exactly what you said, like you have your own power in your mind. So if, if somebody is like, like if I had a, a Muslim friend tell me like all the great things that they feel God is doing in their life, I'm not going to be like wrong. I'm going to be like, no, Lord God, hates you. I know. Like, I'm going to be like, God is doing great things in your life. Like you're right. Like I exactly. can see it because God loves every, like God loves his children. Like he loves his creation and we may believe different things, but that doesn't mean that God isn't at work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny, like, because a lot of what Christians reject is all like embodiment, right? And we talk a lot on this podcast about purity culture and the way the bodies are viewed in the church. Mm-hmm. And like, yoga is very like, be in your body, feel your body. Your body is a temple, and you should upkeep your temple. That and, sounds pretty Christian to me. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I struggle with chronic pain, and I have to be in my body and feel my body at twenty four seven every second of the day. And so this, these practices like yoga, and I can't really do yoga at the moment, but the practices of like feeling in where my body hurts and like breathing into that part of my body and like doing all of this embodiment work has been so spiritual to me as well, because it's like, okay, I understand that I have chronic pain. And then the tradition that we grew up in, normally you would try to pray the pain away. But, um, instead (laughs) I understand that my body hurts and that there are things I can do to help with it. Like to be in it, to exercise, to walk around, to move it. So it's not stiff. Um, but that's such a rejected mentality in Christianity because they just don't believe that your body should exist in a way that is, you know, showing itself off because that's not modest. That's not humble, you know, um, which is very damaging to a lot of people's mentalities and physicalities as well, which is what you're kind of talking about, Alfred. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, when I was a Sunday school teacher from when I was, you know, 15 years old to when I was 23, I always talked about the mind, body, and spirit. Now, obviously I didn't put it that way to the kids before because I didn't know that that's what it was because I only knew exactly what the Bible said. But now I know, like we talk about in church, they talk about how, you know, the old school church, the difference, the thing that I didn't like about the super old school church, let me go back a little bit, is that it was, I was praying to an external force. I needed to get on my knees and pray to the heavens, to God, to come down and heal me because I also struggled with pain, right? I had thyroid issues. I was so stressed out. I had thyroid issues. I had stomach issues. I had anxiety issues. I had everything. 
And I was praying to this external force, God, please come and save me. God, please take this pain away. God, I don't want to feel this. And then I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. And now it's God, thank you because you blessed the earth with the tools that I need to heal myself. And instead of praying to this external force, I put my hand over my heart because I understand that I am one with God and there and people I already know people are going to be like squirming in their chairs when they hear this if they're super conservative but there's a bible verse that talks about this and I'm going to find it for you right now but I'm going to keep going until I find it yeah um, um, it's important to understand that God is not an external force in the sky. He is an internal force. You are one with God. You are a co-heir with Christ. We are all God's children, right? Jesus was God's son. Meaning we are, if Jesus was the heir, we are co-heirs with Christ. So we hold the same powers over ourselves right there's two bible verses that i need to look up now (laughs) um and i have them dang wow this is i haven't been in my bible enough lately if i forgot those verses because they were the two most important verses for me um but um we're blessed with power over ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, and I don't know what version you guys like, but I like the English Standard Version. It said, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Let's break this down a quick second for the people that don't understand what this means. We don't, we weren't, the spirit of fear is not natural, It's not natural. That's the wickedness within us. It doesn't mean you're being attacked by the devil, by the way. It's us playing tricks on ourselves. So we just don't think it's the devil attacking you. It's you attacking yourself, but understand that you have the power to change that thought. That's one. And we have a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. The power is over our mind to change that fear into something else, right? The love is for other people love your neighbor and the control it says right there self control control over thyself you do not have control over anybody else gentlemen this means you do not have control over your wife she has control over herself Amen. and you 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 have control over yourself i cannot control my wife that is that is her responsibility to control herself but i can control myself because the bible tells me that i have that power god told me that i have that power now back to the co-heirs with christ i believe that is in romans yes it is romans 8 17 and on this one, I think it's easier if I go with the new international version on this one. It's funny. I have both my Bibles open right now, <laughs> my English standard and my new international version. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Mm-hmm. So we are also heirs of God's glory. So you, um, 
you have an inheritance and your inheritance is that peace, that love, everything that you're longing for, it's already yours. It's mm-hmm. already, it already exists. God already created it. It's already done. You just have to reach out and look for it. And the way that he gives it to you is through the people that he blessed you with around you. The, to give love to, to receive love from. So we are not supposed to be crying to this external force, but understanding that we are the force that is on the earth for a reason, with the mission to be a light, to be light in this world. We are one with God. We're not number two. We're one with God. I think that's the that's the main thing that I discovered in 2020 and it's the one thing that i want to teach people is that you do not have to bow down to anyone because your god he's within you all you have to do is surrender to the power that's already within you and allow yourself to be transformed so that you can become exactly who god wants you to become so you can fulfill your purpose in this lifetime and you know just cause a, uh, an uprising in faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. Freddie, you are just saying all of our favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love the mission, but where can people find the mission? Tell us all about you. Plug us out before we leave. Tell the people where they can get all your information. Okay, so... Like I said, this is a very new thing. Realm of Abundance, the corporation exists already, but I still have not gotten an approval from the IRS on the tax exempt status. So I can't collect money for fundraisers. I can't start putting events out yet. And then with COVID, it's probably a better idea for me to not put any events unless yeah. it's unless it's like a, a Zoom thing, which maybe we, we will do. But you can find my Instagram. It's at Realm of Abundance. And if you want to connect with me personally, if you're struggling, if if you're anybody that's struggling with your faith and you want to strengthen your faith, I feel that I'm the perfect person to talk to because I've been in your shoes. I've doubted my faith before too. I've felt defeated before too, right? You can find me at Alfred E. Tovar. And I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, um, I'm on Facebook. Don't don't find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. <laughs> find me on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Um, and just message me. I'm I'm super chill. Like I like to talk to people. I like to make new friends. But I feel like if anybody really wants to take something from this, I think that's the one thing that people need to understand. You are one with God. Mm-hmm he's not outside of you he's within you amen amen Freddie Alfred (laughs) (laughs) thanks for coming on we have loved having you and listening to all the wisdom that you have to offer Spencer where can the people find us they can find us on Instagram at speaking in church. They can find us on Twitter at speaking church. And if you'd like to send us an email, it's speaking in church at gmail.com. And if you want to connect with us personally, I'm Josie takes the world on Instagram and Spencer is Spence Rose friends. Fred Alfred has really come with the wokeness today. So there's no excuse for you to stay woke or get woke. And remember Jesus loves you. Bye.